All right, everybody. Good morning, Legacy City Church. We're missing a handful. But I'm not going to pause if I see cars pulling in. We're just going to roll forward with this. If I look like I'm in, in a zone right now, it's because I am. I still hear the crashing of the waves inside of my head. Yes, I tried to come back to reality. Tammy watched me try, and she's like, stop it. Let's just chill. Let's just keep the aloha moment going. <laughs> so a couple things I was thinking about before we start here. Just want to uh, kind of, yeah, hang loose, man. There was a guy in front of us on the plane whose hair was pulled up in a little knot and he had shaved all the way around and there was sand in his hair. I was like, is that dandruff? And then I'm like looking a little closer. It's like full of that gold sand. I was like, hey, he's taking home a souvenir. <laughs> you have to return the sand. Okay. Well, we did look that up before we left because we had a handful of treasures we wanted to bring home and Tammy was like, no, it's illegal. They're going to arrest you at the airport if you take that coral. Because she read online, coral, is, it is illegal if it's alive. You don't, want to go, you don't want to go catch the live stuff and bag it and put it in your reef tank at home. That will get you in trouble. But the dead stuff that washes up on the shore, you know, that's, that's what we got. So I was thinking about that this morning. I felt like, just... Just want to encourage you guys with this. If you get a thought that just kind of, you know, you're just kind of daydreaming, that is a place where God likes to speak. Just, just to make you a little bit aware. You know, sometimes you might be daydreaming about the same thing over and over. I would encourage you to stop for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, are you wanting to speak to me about that? So I kept seeing kind of our last memory of being in Kauai, the the wave coming up really fast and strong, stirring up the sand and then pulling it back and revealing shells and coral pieces. And I call it, you know, beach treasure. But you had to be really quick and dive in and grab stuff because the next wave is like two seconds. You don't have time. And then you're just like splash up in your face, mouthful of salt water. I know I'm kind of prepping you guys. You all want to go travel now. I can see it in your faces. I want to go. Let's just take an all-church trip to Hawaii. Yeah, prophesy. <laughs> so I was just asking the Lord about that, and I felt like he was just saying that this is just how he moves in our lives sometimes. He wants to just come in. His presence just wants to come in like a wave, and he just wants to stir things up and just pull the dirt, pull the the everyday soil of life back enough to where you can see the treasures. And you could be like, there's that treasure. There's that before the next wave comes and covers it up. <laughs> but with God, that's right. When he, he comes in with another wave and then that treasure is gone, but there's new stuff. So don't get disappointed in yesterday's treasure being gone. If you if you were so fascinated by that one thing that you wanted to get your hands on and then the wave came and took it away, there's more. That is one of those little quotes, one of those little phrases in our stream of, of Christianity that we like to uh, say, speak out. 
there is more. It's the more of the Lord. We want the more of the Lord. We want more of him. We want the wave of his presence to come in. Stir us up. Stir it up in our hearts, God. To stir up the, the deepest places inside of us and pull up that treasure. Deposit new treasures. Whatever you want to do. Just let the presence of God, let your wave of your spirit come in and just rush through us. So another picture I had, and we'll, we'll end with this. Well, we're not going to end, but I'll stop talking. Um, and we're going to do a declaration before we worship. There was a, a place we went to close to where we stayed called the, called the Spouting Horn. I was just telling uh, Forrest about this. The Spouting Horn is where the shoreline has all of this lava that had stopped. And in that lava are all these little tunnels that come to the surface. And when the waves come in from the shore, it comes in so fast and you see the water bubbling and then it just sprays up like a geyser. And I remember when we were in uh, Redding, California at the Randy Clark conference and one of the guys just began to pray out, geysers of glory, Lord. Let the geysers of glory open up this morning. So I'm just, why don't you guys stand up? Why don't we stand Let's just put your hand on your, on your heart. What's that? Okay, so, so, you know, some people, we learned this in our sozo, some people say that your spirit is in your belly. If you want to put your hand on your belly, you can, or put it on your heart, your head, wherever you want to put it. And let's just say, Holy Spirit, let the geysers of your glory burst forth. Let the wave of your spirit come in this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. And we say, King Jesus, get your reward this morning. Get your full reward. It's what you paid for. You died for more than us just living a boring Christian life, waiting to go to heaven. This is not heaven's waiting room. This is the place where your kingdom is manifesting now. So we just say, let the geysers of your presence, let the wave of your spirit come rushing into each one of us this morning. We receive and we open up to you and we say, Holy Spirit, come. We want the more of the Lord. We want the wave of your presence to come and uncover the hidden treasures that are inside of each person in this room. We welcome you this morning. We say, let your presence push through like a flood. Wash out the things that need to be washed out. Cleanse us with your streams of living water this morning. Renew us in the goodness of your presence, we, we pray. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let the joy of your spirit come this morning. Holy Spirit, come. So let's do a declaration, and then we're going to worship. You guys ready? So just read this with me. Father God, as Legacy City Church and sons and daughters of God, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, impartations, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, that as we join our value system to yours, 
you will shower favor, blessings, and increase upon me, upon us. So we have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Right on. Let's worship. Lord God, we truly are your children, Lord. We walk in your light, your breath behind us, Lord, giving us hope and joy in every situation, and Lord, that we might walk victorious. Lord, we're not orphans that we go along and have to pick up the crumbs, but we have that roar of heaven in us, the roar of the heavenly host, and Lord God, might we just step out in that and hear the shofar in our lives. So, Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you for everything that you've given us today, your presence here, our encounters with you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> if I could just tell you really quickly, um, this week when I was out working in my yard and, you know, pulling out the weeds and doing the gardenings, a lot of times that's, you know, kind of when I'm talking to him and spending time in his presence, I heard what sounded like a shofar really really loud and I just stopped what I was doing my ears perked up and I just got this joy and excitement in my soul and my spirit and I heard it again it sounded a third time and I, I immediately thought someone down here on the point has a shofar and they're blowing it and then I thought well maybe not <laughs> maybe that's just the Lord giving me the shofar today. So that's what I impart to you today, that you would hear that shofar over your life because it's a call to action. It's also a call to victory. So anybody have anything else? It's easier for me to hold it. Do you want it in here or you want to hold it? It's kind of high. Okay. So this week I heard the word, actually I was ministering to someone and I heard my own voice and a word that just stuck out like a beacon. And it was called shift. Shift. Whew, that's powerful. Well, <laughs> so I was, I was sleeping. I don't know, was it that night? No, I had gone to bed. Or, no, I had a nap. I took a nap. And in the nap, I was being hounded by enemies, enemy voices. And in my dream, I took a shift and I, I said, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And I mean, I screamed it. And the enemy just kind of looked at me and ran that way. And I went, wow, that's really cool. And I woke up. So, so, it was yesterday afternoon, so time flies. But I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. It's that simple. Make a shift. Hallelujah. So that person she was ministering to was me. And uh, I was in the doctor's office with my grandson. 
and there was some stuff happening with him, and I was just feeling kind of tired. And sometimes you get tired in the fray, and you can be right on that precipice of, I think you guys maybe even saw on Facebook, um, that I'm just so grateful for those that are around me that speak into my life. So I was kind of on that precipice of, you know, going over the cliff like, I am tired, and I've tried everything that I can try in my own power, plus giving everything to the Lord. And so I needed that Aaron to step beside me and hold my arm up and bring that encouragement, remind me of who, by whose name I'm called, and for that shift. And she manifested that shift in me through her words and through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Deb. Count on those people around you. Yeah. Anybody else? Kind of word? Encouragement? Testimony? No? Some good stuff. Really good shift happens. Um, we're going to make, that's going to be our shirt. It, it's going to be the Legacy City shirt. It's going to say shift happens. People are going to be like, did I read that right? It's going to catch their eyes. It won't be a brown t-shirt either. It'll be black with white letters. <laughs> yes. Shift. <laughs> I won't keep going, but I, I could. I could. Hmm. Yeah, so good. There's something in those that last song. I, I just those are new songs. You guys probably recognize the fact that there's two new songs we we sung this morning. Um, it's kind of fun to be able to use those as worship songs before they're actually put out as a, a produced thing, but. There was something in that last song about now I, I'm not sure if I'm quoting the lyrics right, but now I know that I am saved and something about shame, you know, no longer put to shame. I just want to, I want to declare that over every one of us in this room. Shame is not from God. Jesus paid the price to remove your sin and shame. Sin is shamefulness. Sin brings shame. And we do become ashamed when we sin. But shame is not your portion. Instead of shame, God wants to give you a double portion. And that is the Old Testament measure. Isaiah 60 or 61, instead of shame, a double portion. That's the Old Testament measure, a double portion for then. How much more for us now? He wants to obliterate shame off our lives. He wants us to be free because where the Spirit of the Lord is, are you a vessel of the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? If he does, then where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And he wants to reign and rule. The kingdom of heaven wants to come in in a way to where the rule of Jesus, the reign of King Jesus is your government. And the, the increase of his government will know no end. So that's what we invite this morning. We invite his kingdom. We invite his rule, his reign, the government of King Jesus. But regarding the shofar and the shift and being surrounded by enemies, I just was uh, reminded of this while we we're worshiping. I love that roar like an army of angels. Yeah. Well, 
Um, is it Second Chronicles? Second Kings chapter 6. You all probably know this story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. When Gehazi and Elijah, Elisha, I mean, were together. And uh, Gehazi, what did he see? Let's say, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, and this is many of us, we, we get up early in the morning and we look out and there's an army of horses and chariots that have surrounded the city. You might feel like there's an army of horses and chariots, like the bull, the stuff, <laughs> needs to be shifted out. He said, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Just close your eyes for a second. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, and I pray this now, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Father, we thank you that more are with us than there are of the enemy. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And you have, you have provided for every son and daughter in this room a portion of angelic protection. You send your warring angels on our behalf. They are winds and flames of fire sent to minister to those who inherit salvation. That's us. We thank you, Father that you have sent your servants, your angelic servants, to minister, ministering spirits. So we just say, Holy Spirit, we welcome the reinforcements. We welcome the angelic protection. We welcome the angelic realm. And we say, come, let heaven come and surround us and open our eyes so that we could see how much greater are those that are with us and for us and around us than the enemy that, that is outside of this camp. So we thank you, Lord. Yeah, oh, you can open your eyes. I don't want you to fall asleep. That's, that's enough. Wake up. All right, I need these two in the, in the second row to come up here. I'm gonna give you guys just a brief introduction even though everyone here knows you. And uh, yeah, Forrest and Amy. The burrows. Did you guys, I forgot to ask, did you want the throne chairs? Because we can get some young people to, to go get those. Okay, we used to use those and then got tired of sitting down. You guys can come stand here in the middle. So Tammy and I have had the privilege of knowing these two before they were married, um, before children, before they were Mr. and Mrs. Forrest and Amy Burroughs. Um, Amy, when she was a, a single lady, she came here into Bremerton and stayed overnight with the girls. It was just Isabel and Emily at the time. And uh, yeah, it's just, we, we've known them so long. And, and I just want to reaffirm that 
you two as a couple, as a, as a ministry team, are powerful people. You carry heritage and legacy. I don't say that because that's our church name, but you guys carry heritage and legacy, kingdom treasure that goes deep. It goes way deep. There is so much on your guys' lives. And it's, it's our pleasure, our treat, to, to just to get a glimpse of some of that treasure this morning. So we're going to turn you loose, but we just want to bless you guys, and we want to call out the gold. We recognize you are powerful people. You are pillars, powerful pillars. Yeah, so give us the goods. <laughs> I'm going to say something real quick. I have the microphone. You children. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just had to kind of, well, I'm not really kidding. Julia has permission. Lancer has permission to pull your hair if you need to. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. This will be a shocker, but I'm going to actually, he's going to lead this, and I'm going to stand aside quietly. No chuckling. But anyway, I'm going to let him take the reins. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. I'm going to put this microphone in here. Put my glasses on. That way, you think I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> I look smart at least. So, I think we're, we, we, we spent a bunch of time trying to figure out, like, what do we want to impart and what do we want to share? And I think what we want to share today is just something that we've learned and kind of been growing in in our own lives over over the last I don't know how long while yeah probably five six years um, and that's just trying to figure out how do we take all the craziness of life and simplify it down how do we take all the busyness of life and reduce that busyness so that we can better hear God right because too often we get so busy doing things, busy with whatever, and our, our minds are full, our minds are busy, and we can't even hear God in the, in the daily stuff. And so um, that's some, oh, hey, mic is getting hot. All right. Let me get in it. So, um, just, I, I'll take back, I'll step back a little bit and just talk about where we were, I don't know, six or seven years ago. Um, we, we were in Texas and life got busy, life gets busy. I was working a job that was a good job, um, but a really demanding job. And I was working like 12 to 16 hours a day. And sometimes I got to come home and see my kids at night and sometimes they were already asleep uh, and then you get up early before the sun comes up and go and do it some more and that got kind of crazy because um, I didn't have time to think about anything else but work and then get to the place where after doing that for a while um, our family was kind of like just barely holding on or holding together as a family um, it's not real 
it doesn't, doesn't work real well being a husband when you're not there most of the time. So, um, so I had to stop and go, okay, that's got to change. I've, I don't want to lose my family. And I'm trying to be, you know, an upstanding godly man, being a husband and doing the things. But if I'm not there, I'm not doing those things. So I had to just make a change. And so I, I changed my job. I, I got a different job, got out of that craziness and worked more like normal people hours. Um, and that was good. And, um, and then we had a season where the kids were doing all the things, the activities and things that kids do, lots of different sports and whatever. And that was crazy too, because we get going and we get like, cool. Like I think almost every single night of the week, we are busy, busy, busy doing something right up until bedtime. And then it's like, man, I don't have hardly any time to relax or whatever. And the kids don't even actually have time to like play and be kids. And we thought, yeah, that's not good either. We got to slow all that mess down. And so, uh, so we did. Like we pulled, pulled all that back and go, okay, cool. Like some activities, some things are good, but it's all got to be done in balance. Um, and that's, I think, something that, that we've been trying to do more and more in our lives all the time find that balance and simplify things down. I think one of the things that becomes difficult when you're so busy like that is actually hearing from God. And that's one of the places we're trying to get to better and better all the time. And Scott was even sort of talking about it this morning, like that idea of like, you know, just living in the aloha mentality right just where you're not so busy that you can't stop and think or stop and daydream for a minute and or you really can't even hear God because you've got so much going on in your head you've got so much going on in your day-to-day that and not only being able to hear God I think as part of that but also hearing God and then doing something with that, sort of having time for people, um, having time for your kids or your family, having time for some random person in the grocery store. A lot of times, you know, if you just walk by in the grocery store and you have a good attitude and have your eyes up instead of on your list or whatever that you're in a hurry to get accomplished, if you can have your eyes up and look at people around you and smile at them as you go by, it's amazing when you do it, we try to do it, but you go around the grocery store and smile at people and <laughs> half of them don't even ever look up and yeah. know that you smiled at them. Yeah. Um, and some people, you can smile at them and they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. They're like, why is this stranger smiling at me? This is weird. Um, but that's one of those places where even just a smile or a kind word, or just saying hi, or just, you know, whatever, um, can really brighten someone's day. It can really open up a conversation that may be a conversation that God wants you to have with people right there in the store, or with your neighbor. Sometimes my neighbor comes up, and he's really chatty, and he can chat for a while, which is great, and I've got things to do, but 
you know what? I've got the kingdom to do too, and that's more important. And I might be the only person who's going to stop and take time and maybe impart some wisdom and some truth and maybe be able to plant those seeds of what God wants to do or change or come into his life, right? I think we've all heard it a lot. I think a lot of this, a lot of this, hopefully is good stuff, but also preaching to the choir. Y'all are good people who, uh, who love Jesus, so that's good. But um, in one of those things, I was thinking, we probably all heard this a lot, is that, you know, like um, certain things you, you don't remember until they've been repeated to you several times, six or seven times, and then it kind of sinks in and you remember, right? And the same thing can be true with people we encounter or my neighbor or whoever. Like I could tell them about Jesus 10 times and maybe on the 10th time, there might be that revelation or that truth might sink in. Um, And when you're talking to strangers, you don't know like, hey, maybe this is the first time that they've heard this or the sixth time or the seventh time and you don't know when that's going to impact their life or you don't know like just because you're the fifth time that's great because they need to hear it one more time because eventually God's going to get a hold of them and that's something we need to make room for in our lives if we don't make time make room for 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 us to hear God and for us to speak God and speak with like just like we were singing in that song like with the authority that God's already given us just to speak his truth with that authority I mean we don't need to like go out and be commanding the word of God to somebody's face they probably won't take it real well right (laughs) but um, but uh, but but you can speak with the authority that you know that this is the truth This is the truth in my life. The word of God in the Bible is the truth. Um, I think sort of on that, just just kind of bringing it back to the, being able to hear those things from God and make time for people. I think another one of those things that we can get caught up in is like the world around us is a, likes to be busy And I think if people are busy, they feel like they're doing something or accomplishing something. And um, I've seen it a lot in my work and in just regular life that um, you can be really, really busy and not be effective and not really be accomplishing hardly anything. Um, Yeah, it's just sometimes inefficient or it's just sometimes busy for the sake of being busy. Like you feel like you're doing something, but you're not really getting much done. Um, it's like I could go out and be cutting my grass with my scissors or something. <laughs> I would be busy all day long, but I wouldn't get, be getting much done. Um, yeah, that's why I have my son cut the grass. <laughs> but, um, but I think another thing in all that busyness and all the small things, sometimes too, we have to be careful that if you let all those little things stack up, you, um, you will end up with this monster pile of little things, which becomes a big stress, right? You don't think about it, but when you 
Think about all the little things. I think about all the little things in my life. Like, oh, I need to fix that doorknob that's loose in my house. Oh, I need to, you know, do whatever this or that. What, like, oh, I need to take out the trash. But I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to do it later. And whatever. All those little things, but they add up, right? And it's like, you know what? Sometimes we just need to uh, either get rid of those things or just um, get, get them done. Take action, right? Get the, get the little stresses out of our lives so, again, we can free up our minds to hear the Lord. Take out the trash. It takes two minutes. Then you don't have to stress about it for real. Or get rid of those projects and things that you think like, oh, yeah, I really want to do that. Like that chair in the corner of the room that like nobody sits in because it needs to be recovered. And someday I'm going to recover it. But I'm not. But I might. Like, <laughs> but, but I think about it and then I worry about it. But then I don't. But then all the million other things that are going on in my brain. And that all builds up because there's 50, 100 of those. And so it's like, you know what? Maybe I just need to get rid of the chair because I don't need that stress. I don't need that, that extra little tiny burden. All the small burdens add up and, uh, and distract us. And I think one of the other things, you guys have probably heard this before, but maybe you haven't, I don't know. But like um, one of the things that the enemy will do um, which is, I think, really easy for him to do, is to get us distracted with all the busyness and the little things, right? Because he doesn't need to have us fall into, like, epic sin where we become serial killers or something, right? Like, that doesn't, I mean, that would be great for him to get one person really messed up. But all he really needs to do is get us so busy and so distracted that... We don't hear God and we're ineffective. Like, cool, I'm just walking around doing whatever things I'm doing, but, but I'm not accomplishing anything for the kingdom. I didn't affect anyone's life today. And sometimes affecting somebody's life is as easy as saying, hey, I love you. I hope you have a blessed day. Hope you have a good day. I'm going to smile at the person, the nice lady at the counter at the grocery store, whatever. You know, like it doesn't have to be a monstrous thing, a huge task that we accomplish for God. I think sometimes we do those things without even knowing we do them. But also, the enemy can take those things and all that busyness and add those up to make us ineffective without even us knowing that we're being ineffective. Cool, I just am tired, so I'm going to sit here and watch TV for four hours. I mean... Probably not the best use of my time for myself or the kingdom, right? Like, I don't know. We just, everything in balance, right? We need to be able to, yeah, cool. Go enjoy watching your show or whatever. And, but, uh, but keep it in balance. Um, go to the grocery store, but don't be so focused that you can't see the person next to you. There might be some other stuff I wrote down in here. (laughs) Man. 
trying to just listen to the Lord. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that God was kind of imparting to me as uh, as we were preparing for this and thinking about this. And there's a lot of good stuff in scripture that I could really go like dive into a lot. And I, I can, but I almost don't want to. Um, I love the word of God and what he has to say, but I, I think I'll just keep it really simple in some of those things. Um, one of the scriptures is that I, that I was looking at was Psalm 4610. It just says, be still and know that I am God. And sometimes we have trouble just being still. Um, and it's and just be still and hear God. Um, and another one that I was looking at was um, in in First Timothy six. He talks about a whole bunch of stuff, but one of the things he says is, "But godliness with contentment is great gain." And he just talks about just being content. Like if you've got a roof over your head and you have food and you have clothes on your back, then we should just be content with that. Um, he also talks about in Timothy, in that same chapter, he talks about like, be content with what you have because it, I mean, it might not be much and it may be that, I mean, hey, we come into the world with nothing, we leave with nothing, he says there, right? And that's true. Um, so we shouldn't have to stress about the things and if you focus on, the, you know, making mountains of money or whatever, you're going to be distracted and tempted by all the worldly distractions that come along with making mountains of money. Um, but it's also not to say that not doing well uh, isn't a good thing too, right? He also says right there in the same chapter, he says, um, hey, if you're wealthy, basically don't act like you're wealthy uh, and, and just be able to focus on God and be a blessing to the people around you. But he doesn't say, like, don't be wealthy. Right. Like, hey, cool. If you're wealthy, that's great. Use it for the kingdom. And, but don't, don't let it be a distraction. Don't let it be a source of pride. Don't let it be whatever or your, your main focus or your identity. Because back to, like, some of these songs we were just singing in worship, like, cool. I, I mean, I know who I am. I know who you say I am. That's how we have to, that's where we need to bring our lives back to and, our, and center ourselves back on. I am not my job. Yes. I am not uh, just, I don't know, just a husband or a father or just a man. I am all those things, but I also know who I am in God. I know the authority that he's given me. I know um, it, it's the same authority that it talks about in Acts where the apostles would go and preach and then 3,000 people were saved. And then they went out and they preached a little bit more and then 5,000 people were saved. And they preached some more and 1,000 people were saved. And like, that's amazing. Um, but also... I don't think that they went to every single of those 8,000 people directly and like 
sat down with them and talked with them and, you know, told them about Jesus. And I think it's one of those things that um, happens sort of exponentially as we share Jesus, as we share the love of God with people, right? Um, Because maybe this week I only affected one person for the kingdom. And maybe that even all I did was bless them with a kind smile or a kind word or just I prayed for them. Maybe I prayed for them and they didn't know it. Maybe I prayed for them and they did know it. Maybe I just brought my neighbor's trash cans in and he doesn't know it. Cool. I don't need credit for that. But a small thing can be a blessing to somebody. And those small blessings, like if one person is saved and then that one person saves one or two more people and then those people save some more people exponentially in a short amount of time, thousands of people can be saved. So you don't understand. I mean, I have no idea. I hope I've blessed a bunch of people in my life by just being a part of their life and sharing Jesus with them. I have no idea if that's affected hundreds or thousands of people. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Hopefully it did. (laughs) But um, make time for all those little things. I think that's the bottom line. We need to make time to listen to God, to hear God. We need to simplify our lives, to push out the noise and the distractions because the enemy would love to just distract us. Just, hey, cool, you know what? Just be thinking about this. Just be doing other things. Just ignore God. And then we become ineffective. So let's push out the noise, push out, push out the busyness, push out all that, I don't know, all the distractions so that we can focus on loving on God and loving on his people, the people that are all around us, especially the people all around us that a lot of times we don't even see. Mm -hmm. Help us, Lord, to open our eyes. That's about it. (laughs) This, This is one of those funny things. I trying to prepare this message and then I kept thinking I need to add more to this message but then I also kept thinking I need to keep it simple it's like a fun irony there Um, but I'm going to keep it simple and I think I'm going to be done unless Amy has anything else she wants to share I mean maybe maybe I'll do it okay okay just Um, In addition to what Forrest was saying, which I think you guys know without having to say, as he was saying, everything in balance. So, you know, when he's saying, don't strive for money and don't let that be your full, you know, don't let that consume you, but money makes the world go round and money can finance the kingdom and provide for your family. And so there's, like he said, balance and all of those things, which we are striving to find, um, Personally, he could probably go work up at Amazon in Seattle and make a lot more money than he does staying at home. But then we lose him for two or three hours more a day in a commute. And, you know, some of those tweaks in our schedule and our sacrifice in maybe some income areas, but it's priceless to be able to have him home. And just that, you know, that balance of finding out what works for your family. Um, when we were doing the soccer and other things with the kiddos, it was like practices, two different practices, two different games, 
you know, all, all week long on top of other things. And you just don't have time for, like he was saying, the people at Target or I was going to, I wanted to share, I was driving home from Target one day and I saw this older man on the side of the road. Judah was with me. He was in a wheelchair and a guy was with him and his face was like looking up at his, at what, who I found out to be his caregiver, but he was just looking up in the, this, I was overwhelmed to where I almost like jerked the wheel. I was overwhelmed with God's love for this person. And so um, if you're familiar with our area, you have to go through like 15,000 roundabouts. And so I had to go through and go through a couple roundabouts to turn around and get back to this guy. And there's like no place to pull over. So I'm like in Julio or in our car driving up on the sidewalk and they're like, whoa, you know, but I, and this sweet old gentleman, his name was Tron, cool name, but I just got out and I said, I don't know if you know Jesus, but I was so overwhelmed by God's love for you. I had to pull over. I wanted you to know that like today. And if I had been in too big of a hurry to take that time, this man was like, I totally believe that. And he just starts crying. And he's just like, the love of God was moving him. And so then it's moving me. And so then his nurse is like, wow, that's so cool. So he starts, like, not crying, but like his eyes are leaking. So just that exponential, like, I... God revealed something to me for that person and hit like a piece of his heart, which was like, oh my gosh, it was like coming out my pores. It was, I've never experienced anything like that for another person. God used that to bless that man and love on him and, and tenderize his heart. And then his caregiver, that God would take that time to love on that guy, that moved his caregiver. So the exponential portion that Forrest was was discussing, like taking the time, truly, I've noticed the, the impact of the eye contact and the smile in the store and the hi, hello, how are you? Beautiful children. Wow, your eyes are amazing. You know, just those things really move people. And like you took time to notice something about them and you took time to say it. You weren't too prideful because life's not a competition, but it is for the world sometimes. But it's like, man, You've got amazing eyes. Those are incredible. I mean, you know, things like that, people are like, wow, thank you. You know, that that's really cool that you'd say that. Silly things, like that's something for me. Eyes are a really big thing, so you'll hear me say that a lot if you're ever around me. But um, just slowing down what I would call, which I wrote down here, is the merry, merry-go-round of life. Slowing it down, because I feel like a lot of times... Not 100%, but we have control of the speed of our crazy lives. So slowing that down so it brings clarity uh, and new perspective. We can see the people and the situations around us clearly, see better how to take action in those situations, and making room as we simplify, slow things down, and making room to hear God's voice because he will show up when we make room. I believe 100%. If we make room, God is going to show up and fill that vacuum. You cleared some space for me, darling. Here I am. I'm coming in. I'm here to meet with you because you're here to meet with me. And you're simplifying so you can hear me better 
and focus on things that I have, the tasks that I have for you and the direction and instructions that I have for you. So anyway, that's my passion. I think right along with that too, as you simplify and make room for God, he will come and fill that vacuum if, if we also consciously like are listening, yes. right? Um, but you have to be careful too, because it's like, cool, I can, I can make room and time in my schedule and, and simplify my life and the enemy will come and try to do the same thing. Like, cool, I've got lots of things I can fill your time with and distract you and get you off on a whole different tangent. Cool, you're not doing soccer now, taking the kids to soccer every day, but now you have this other distraction. So I think, yeah, all things in balance, but yeah, make room and then, and then open our ears and our eyes to what the Holy Spirit's trying to do around us and in us and through us. Um, I just typed this down last night, just as you, as you simplify and slow down. And again, that's whatever God reveals to each and every person. It looks different for everybody. It doesn't mean no extracurricular sports and it doesn't mean you can't work overtime is it's something different to everybody. God will say what it is. Make sure you're still locking arms with the team that God has placed around you and don't let simplification isolate you. Because a lot of times people get real simple and we, our neighbors like don't understand how we don't go, go and do all the time because we're home, they're going and doing a hundred things in and out of the neighborhood and we're like sitting in our driveway, I'm going through my rocks or, you know, doing something real peaceful and he's fiddling in the garage. And so they don't understand how our lives are so slow, but it has been a choice. It was a choice to homeschool. It was a choice for us to slow down and eliminate some things so we could be available to friends, family, people that we don't know, also to the hurting and the broken people that have been even hurt by the church that are disillusioned and set on the sidelines, making room for those folks. We love you. We understand. We're, there's no pressure here. This is a safe space because if we don't make room for those broken, they could truly lose touch with Jesus because they have such a bad taste in their mouth for the church. And we need to be that healthy vision and version of Jesus to them. Make room, make time in our lives to have dinner, buy Costco pizzas, and, you know, just open your home. I always joke with people, my house is not going to be clean. If you show up, I have three cats and a dog and two children. And us two girls that have long hair. So there's going to be hair. And I will, if you have cat allergies, I will do my best. <laughs> but... If you want to come over without any warning, you come as you are. Like, that's cool. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> so, so just being able to have the time to open your home and your, and your heart to people. So just God wants to use each and every one of us to love on his kiddos. And if that's loving on your family well, start there. Start there and ace that. You know, be the father, be the mother, be the sibling um, that, that God wants you to be. So anyway, and continue, that we would continue to see that as the privilege that it truly is as we walk through. I always say Target because that's where I'm normally at, <clears throat> Target or Costco, making eye contact with the really, really busy people. But just, I see you. I see you. 
God loves you. You know, and I might, I might not be preaching at them, but I'm making that eye contact. It's like my prayer is that people will see the love of Jesus in my eyes before my mouth opens. Because by the time I've said his name, I want their hearts to be tenderized and I want them to know I am authentic and transparent and sometimes a little too vulnerable and over-communicative, I'm sure, but that they know this person's heart is for me. So when Jesus falls out of my mouth, he's fallen on a fertile ground because we've broken it up. So anyway, I think that's all I have to say. I said my piece and counted to three. That's good. Um, yeah, keep it simple. Make room for God. Make room to hear Him and 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 see Him and do what He's talking talking to us about. Be willing to be obedient in those things. That's it. You got anything to share, Scott? Yeah. So I'm going to be listening to this tomorrow while I'm working, and I'm already getting all kinds of thoughts of things that, man, that could preach, that could preach, that could preach. But, but really, you know, what I feel like capsulizes what you guys are saying that I'm hearing is to learn how to be present. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know for myself, it, it's, this is a discipline for all of us to learn how to be present everywhere we go, whether you're in a room with your kids or in the store, present with the Lord, and it's a spirit present. You can be busy with your mind locked into your activities, but there is that balance of your heart is turned towards him. You're available. You've created a space for him to come and flow in through that part of you that is present with him. And then as you're present with him, you're creating that atmosphere, that space people who come into contact with you, you can be Jesus to them. So I'm just, I'm getting some revelation as you guys are sharing, and this is really helpful. So thank you. And yeah, it's time to just throw out that old stuff. We're never going to reupholster those chairs. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you guys just, just, you know what you carry the strongest. So why don't you just Pray a prayer of impartation for what you're in right now, what you're walking in. Freely you've received, just freely give and just just release in the Holy Spirit, release that over us as a blessing. Yeah, right on. God, I just, I thank you for this family and I just ask that you would, you would come and impart, impart more of your peace God, over our lives, God, as we simplify and open our hearts and our our minds, our ears, and our eyes to listen to you, God, help us to be obedient, help us to be present, as Scott was saying, to be able to see what's going on around us and bless the people around us by bringing your truth and your love to them. God, one thing that impacts me in my heart over and over and over again in your word is that you are love and all you want us to do is spread your love and God help us to simplify 
the craziness of life so that we can love on the people around us, the people close to us and the people we don't even know, just to spread your love to the world around us. God, help us to be a blessing to you and, uh, and honor you in doing that. God, bless this family this week as we go out and love the world. Amen.